We're in, uh, we're in the book of John, chapter 8. We've been walking through a sermon series in the book of John about light shining in darkness. Jesus is a light to the darkness, to our darkness, to the darkness in our world. Now, I'm going to be focusing today on verses 12 uh, through uh, 30, specifically verse 12. But I'm going to be starting back earlier to set the context uh, for this. So if you have a Bible or Bible app, you can turn to John chapter 8. Verse 12, and we're going we're gonna to jump right in here, friends, as, uh, uh, um, you know, be praying for fast food here this morning for the word of God, all right? We're, we're going we're gonna to rock and roll. All right, who wants the word? Yeah. Okay, we're warming up. We're warming up. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm going to start in chapter 7, verse 2. Context. Now, the Feast of Booths was at hand. This is the context here. Later in verse 37, chapter 7, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow living, rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the spirit had not been given. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, we're in the same day. All right? Jump to chapter 8, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You're bearing witness about yourself. Your your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I came from, come from, or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh, I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I'm the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know also my father. These words he spoke to them in the treasury as he taught in the temple. But no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So he said to them again, I'm going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where am I going? Where I am going? You cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? Since he says where I'm going, you cannot come. He said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me, Alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. 
as he says these things, as he was saying these things, many believed in him. Friends, join me in prayer here for the work of the Holy Spirit. Spirit, we come to you now because we need your intervening work here to receive your word, to hear your word, to understand your word, Lord Jesus. It's not merely just a textbook, an intellectual exercise, but Jesus, this is your communication, not just to people then, but to us today. So God, help us hear, help us be changed and transformed. Jesus, let us see the light this morning and work in me, fill me, Lord, as your broken, sinful servant, Lord, to declare your word. In your name we pray. Amen. As we come to this context and this word here, verses 12 through 30, though we we had a a break in this passage last week with the first few verses, we talked about last week, those verses, that situation with the woman caught in adultery was an insertion, a later insertion in the book of John. So so this, this context of verse 12 picks right back up. We're at the last day, the eighth day of what is called the Feast of Booths. Now, some of you have been following along, and, and several weeks back, we unpacked what's happening, this, this celebration called the Feast of Booths. This was a celebration of the Jews that was held annually. It was the biggest celebration, the one that they looked forward to the most Because it was such a joy-filled time. It was such a time of celebration and feasting. We talked about the the, the ceremony of the water pouring that happened every morning. The seven days of the the celebration. Every morning there was a, a, a ceremony of gathering water and pouring it out. Celebrating God's provision. You see, the Feast of Booths was celebrating what God had done in the Old Testament. You go way back into the book called Exodus where God set his people free from being in slavery to Egypt. And they were led out into the desert to wander on their way to the promised land. And he's celebrating how God provided and protected his people in that time. They lived in in booths. They lived in tents as they had to travel all the time. And they became became needy in terms of, of food and water, but God provided water for them in the desert of all places. But God also provided for them light. He provided light in the middle of the desert. Where there was darkness, that they might be able to travel, that they might be protected from enemies as well. That light was a pillar of fire. The very physical presence of God manifested. That they could see, that they might follow and know the way in the midst of darkness. He was a cloud by day. Fire by night. God himself manifested so it could be physically seen. So he could physically lead his people as the light. It's part of the celebration. The Feast of Booths. In the afternoon, as the, as the, uh, as the daylight was fading, they would begin to gather in the temple in Jerusalem. And it's swelling with noise as they're, they're coming from everywhere in Jerusalem back into the temple. And, 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 and they're being led by, by the worship leaders called the Levites. And, and they're, they're playing the horns and, and their equivalents of the guitars. And, and it's getting loud and you're hearing the tambourines. And they're shouting and they're praising. And what would happen is there was these four towers in, in, uh, in the temple courts. 
And on these towers had four candelabra. And they would light these torches. It would light these torches. And, and this, is, this, is, this is a little fire. These would be massive fires through the temple court. And it was in the portion of the temple called the women's court. The, the women's court, the Gentile court, and the inner court. And everybody's around the fire, around the lights, dancing as the lights, as the darkness comes. They dance in the light, celebrating the light of God, of who God is. And these are, I mean, it's just loud and it's going way into the night. And it is a party. Every night they come out and celebrate and dance before the Lord in the joy of his provision. And the light from that temple was seen and it lit up the entire city of Jerusalem, reminding them of the light of God and his provision for his people, the joy of being under his protection, under his leading. It's in this context, on the eighth day, when when there was no lighting, just like there was no water pouring, it was on the eighth day, In the afternoon, as it's getting dark, Jesus rises up and says, I am the light of the world. The backdrop of this immense celebration, Jesus drops these extravagant words. I am the light of the world. The passage goes on to explain how Jesus is defending and authenticating this, but, 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 the, but we can lose sight of, of, of these words here. We're going to focus just on verse 12 here of what Jesus says. When he drops this bomb, they understand he's making an, an extravagant claim, a ridiculous claim, because there's only one who would be equivalent to the light that God provided. That's God himself. How can you say this about yourself? Jesus declares, I am the light of the world. Throughout the scriptures and the experience in God's people, the Jewish people, God affirmed that he was the light. Over and over through the Old Testament, we hear statements like this from the Israelites. For you, it is you who light my lamp. The Lord, my God, lightens my darkness. In Isaiah, the sun shall be no more. Your light by day. The sun shall be no more your light by day, for, nor for brightness shall the moon give light. But the Lord will be your everlasting light. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Jewish people were anticipating the light of God coming. 700 years before Isaiah, this guy called a prophet who would speak God's words, He would prophesy of things that were to come. 700 years prior to Jesus, he proclaimed this truth. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. He goes on to explain later in in that passage, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given and the government shall be on his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace of the increase of his government and of peace. There will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom 
to establish it and to uphold it with the justice and the righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Jesus is saying, I am the fulfillment. I am the light shining in this darkness. Later, John, John, throughout his gospel here that we've been walking through, repeatedly makes it abundantly clear that Jesus is this light. And again, later in John 12, he says this from his own mouth, whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. As the light, Jesus reveals to us the truth. Jesus exclusively, only him alone, reveals to us the truth. What does he say? Ultimately, that's who God is. If you've seen me, you've seen God the Father, the one who who created all things, the Lord over all things, the one who sets you as a people group apart in order that all the nations would be blessed, that I would redeem and save humanity. That God you see in me, I'm the light. You see, we need in Jesus to see God for who he is, to see ourselves for who we are. And the path to reconciling ourselves between God. You can think of it like this. God is the destination Jesus shows us. When he shows us ourselves, he shows us our location and how far we are from God. How broken we are and how much darkness is in us. But in this light of showing us who God is and who we are, he also illuminates the pathway that he himself is the pathway out of darkness. And so he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. I am that way out of darkness. What is this darkness that, 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 that is being referred to here in the scriptures? This darkness is the darkness that, 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 that comes from sin that begins, begins in us. This sin, this darkness in us, it, it keeps us from being able to see God. To be able to know him, to be able to follow him. This darkness called sin, it's this self-centeredness. That we all know this, we all see this, that we instinctively make life about me. Even when we come to Jesus, we're attracted to Jesus. And we love the idea of Jesus, but it's all about what he can do for me. Not only are we self-centered, but we're prideful. And I know what's best. I want the right to determine what's right and wrong. And Jesus, again, you're a means to my end. If we come to Jesus at all. Many in this world reject Jesus because of his authority. They don't want any God or there's no God at all. Or they turn after other religions and gods. We're blind by our own sin. So we're in darkness because we're blind by our self-centeredness, by our pride. But it's not just that. But we're caught up in the meaninglessness of this life, right? The, 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 the darkness, the sickness, the disease. We see the evil and injustice around this world. And why do bad people prosper? Why do we see evil people 
prosper and have wealth? Why do we see good people around the world suffering? Why do we see poverty, children dying, so much fatherlessness, orphans, abuse, rape, genocide, all these things? What's going on? What meaning do we have in this life? We can't see the meaning. It's, it's, it's veiled in darkness of injustice and evil in this world. And we're overwhelmed by this sense of being stuck. Maybe you feel that in your own life. Since of being stuck, maybe it's a, it's, it's a cycle that you're, you're stuck in. Your own sin, maybe, maybe it's family issues and dysfunction, it's addiction, it's depression. Or you're stuck with where this world is and the fear that's crippling right now. It's darkness. And it feels like this darkness is winning. And we can't see the purpose. We can't see the plan unfolding. But with Jesus, he comes as light in our darkness. That, 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 that when he shines in us, when, when we have Jesus as the light, we can see God for who he is because we tend to make projections onto God. You see, we're infected by other people's darkness as well. And we'll project onto God who he is, who we think he is from our relationships with other people, Right? And it keeps us stuck in this darkness. But Jesus comes to show us who God the Father is. And as a result, he liberates us. He comes to liberate us from ourselves. So we can see the work of God in the world. He comes to lift our vision with life and eternal life. That this is not our home. You see, when we try to clutch and find meaning in the things that are temporary in this life. Whether it's possessions or or success. Even our children or, or loved ones. These are temporary things because of death in this world. Jesus, with his light, shows us that we were made for so much more. That this isn't it. And the things of this world are fleeting and all is going to come to die. But he's secured eternity. Eternity. While we try to cling to the things of this moment to bring us joy and hope and satisfaction. You see, with those, he says, Jesus says, those who have me as the light, they're not going to walk in darkness. They're not going to be lost in the meaninglessness of the moment because they see with eternity what I'm doing and what I'm working, that there's more, that this is not our home. That the relationships in this world... The things that we enjoy and love, we can enjoy them, but we don't have to hold them. We can enjoy them with open hands. They're they're gifts, but they're not meant to last. Because our hope is not in this life. It's in Jesus. Our home is not here. When Jesus is our light, we can see God. We can see his grace that he changes us. How he sees us. And we're liberated by that truth. We can see our circumstances differently. And we see there's meaning and purpose in suffering. Because we see our Savior suffered in this life in order to be glorified. This past week I had the privilege. There's a variety of people who I'm 
walking alongside and discipling and, and, and one individual who's been coming to know Jesus Christ and this, and this person, as it, they're coming new to Jesus and, 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 and releasing the things of this world and recognizing, beginning to understand the darkness that they're clinging to, the things of this world and they're temporary, they're holding on to. They just, they're just corrupt the heart and break, cause the brokenness in their life. And, and I got a text that said, I get it. I get it. I see. Because of Jesus. Jesus. You see, Jesus is talking about here. We won't just walk in, we won't just not walk in darkness. We'll have the light of life. We'll see and be able to follow Jesus. You see, he says it's for those who follow. This, 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 this is actually a title. The following ones. Are you a following one after Jesus? He's that pillar of light in our life. Are you following in his path? It's not just an occasional thing that, that, that you do in order, oh, I'm having a bad time or things are really bad. Jesus, I come to you. Shine your light on me. Are you a following one? Where you get in the pathway of the pillar of fire and you walk his footsteps. You see, Jesus explained, if you're going to follow me, this is what it means. Take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. See, in this life, it's crucifixion, and there must be crucifixion before there's resurrection. But there's resurrection, friends. It's guaranteed. And when we have the light of Jesus, we see the pathway. And like this person, as, as the word of God comes in us, as Jesus comes in you, you'll see and you'll get it. You see, friends, there's a difference. And I want you to hold on to this. And as we go into this closing song here, I want you to be reflecting on this. Are you asking God, shine on me? Or are you praying, Jesus, shine in me? Because there's a difference. When we say, God, shine on me, we're wanting Jesus, change my life around me. But Jesus didn't come for that. Jesus came to change you. You see, you're not going to experience the light of Jesus unless he's in you. Unless you surrender and say, Jesus, live in me, live through me. It's not about me. I surrender. Jesus says this, John 11, 9 through 10. Are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. It's not in you if you're walking in darkness. This is the difference, friend. What does your prayer tend to be? Jesus, shine light on me. Friends, let's change our prayer. Jesus, shine in me. Light me up, Jesus. Be in me. I surrender. The worship team, come on forward here. Holy Spirit.
we ask your help as we experience darkness, darkness attacking us. Lord Jesus, as some of us begin to see, maybe you're, you're, you're opening eyes that they see the darkness in them, the brokenness, Lord. And they keep trying to earn the light. And you are not a light, Lord Jesus, that we can acquire, Lord Jesus. You give the light to us. You put your light in us, Lord Jesus. Let us stop working. Let's stop demanding. Help us, God, that we get on our knees and surrender and light us up, Jesus. Be light in us, Jesus. That we see you, O God, and we worship you. That we see ourselves and we surrender and we confess. Change us, Jesus. Forgive us for continuing to try to light our own ways. Light us up, Jesus. That we're not drawn into the darkness of this world. We're not caught up in, 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 its, in its craziness. We're not caught up in its fear mongering. We're not caught up in its self-focus. In the shame. We're caught up in grace. We're caught up in your love, oh God. We're caught up in eternity, not a moment. The temporary things. Shine light in us, Jesus. Be in us. We surrender. In your name we pray. Amen.